folks. Welcome back to Big Mama Hacks podcast. Today it is episode 23 of season two, and we're sitting down with Rachel and Jean Kaler from Boyertown, and we're going to get to know them a little better um, and learn all about the amazing things that they have cooking. Um, there's lots of projects and, and businesses that they work with and own and, and are um, running a farm and all these other wonderful things. So welcome. Hi. Thank you. Nice to see you both. Um, really quickly, I met Rachel years ago at the Peppermint Stick in Boyertown, her shop. It's old fashioned candy. Yeah, we have you ever a, what? a nostalgic candy store. But um, yes. when we moved locations, we did add hand dipped ice cream into the location as well. But I would say gotcha. candy is definitely still our main staple. Very nice. Yeah, it was really neat to go in there. I went in with my daughter and we got some things for my mom. Um, it, it was really fun to see all the old candies. And also the Nelson's um, ice cream, that was really cool to see too. Nick's Bessa. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time you had the beehive as well, the display. That was really, really cool. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, every October, yeah. Um, I always feature honey candy. So I'm a beekeeper as well. So yes. um, I like to bring in the observation hives so people can see the bees up close. And then um, I make lollipops out of honey, like just straight honey. So so it just, I think it's something interactive. I look for people to be able to have an experience. Like I always say, like, you can just go to any store and buy candy. So yeah. I'd like it to be an experience when you come to my store. It's a super cool experience. And the other thing that I really loved was, um, Rachel, you were so, um, so kind and so friendly. And we had a little chat about my son because he was just so full of energy. And, and you were really, really kind and talked to me about, um, you know, your experience with a with a full of energy kind of kiddo. So that was really nice. I remember that very well. And then um, I guess that was, geez, that, that was a while ago because you were in the old location that's the piano place now. And then you did move more recently. Feels recent to me, but it's probably been a couple years now that you're on Philadelphia Avenue, right? Yeah, so we actually, we've been, in March, we'll be open six years. I was at wow. the Washington Street location for a year and a half. So I guess it'd be four and a half years at this location now. Yeah. Gosh, it feels like yesterday. Yeah. It's so wild how time, it's such a time blur now, right? Yes. Um, so the peppermint stick is so much fun. I de definitely recommend stopping in and checking it out. And then you also have really fun events too and themes. Like you just did an 80s theme, which was really cool. Yeah, we're doing that all month. So, and I have to say, like, there's usually nothing going on in January. So it's like, right. especially right now, the way the world is, like, that's my big mm. thing. Store is something that makes you happy. Like candy makes you happy. So I thought, what's something we can do? It's not necessarily, you don't even have to come in the store to participate. You can just do this from your house. So I, I grew up in the 80s. So I really enjoyed like figuring out what the questions were going to be and researching the different 80s candy. So I'm having fun with it too. That's super cool. Yeah, I grew up in the 80s too. It was really fun to watch. And, and it was really big, even in the 80s and 90s growing up in the town I grew up in Bristol. It's like an older town in Lower Bucks. Bucks County, we had a little candy shop where we would get like penny and five pen, five cent candies and stuff. And I remember when I first walked into your shop, like even though, you know, I, I think I was there buying stuff for my mom, but it was like really exciting to see something uh, so nostalgic um, in the present day and also in our town because uh, my my mom grew up in Blairtown. My grandparents lived here, but I know the revitalization of Blairtown has been going on for a while now. We've currently been here since 2014, so almost seven years. And it's been really nice to see shops um, popping up really exciting and fun and unique shops. And then the support that they get as well, which is a really nice experience. So are you enjoying um, being a shop owner in Boyertown? Yeah, I really am. And the one thing, I think the other thing that really helps is I, I feel like all the businesses really love collaborating too. So like yes. comes into my shop and they're like, Oh, I'm looking for antiques. Like I'll say, Oh, we'll go to MJ's legacy or go here. You know, so like we really, I think that's the thing is, I think a lot of people get it. Like, you know, people are not necessarily just coming for the candy store. Like they're coming right. for on the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, part of the reason why I have gotten involved in other things too, like the historical society, like it's not just about the candy store. It's about the town right. as a whole. Like we all are important. So. I love that so much. I wish um, 
someday to have some kind of, maybe not a shop, but maybe a place where I can do workshops and stuff. That would be really super cool. I know um, a couple, what did you say? I can think of a place. Yeah, right. I know. I like. I hate COVID so much. It's like destroyed all my dreams. I'm like it's a okay. dream crusher. We'll move past this eventually. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, it just, yes. Yeah, well, really I agree. It was to just get everything together, get your, your finances and, and your plan. So really all yeah. six month plan. Well, I should pick your guys' brains because I really have had my eye since we moved here on that old schoolhouse in the park because we're over by the park. And I'm always wondering, well, what is going on with that thing? And I thought that would be such a cool place to have like events like that. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I don't want to overstep my boundaries and say anything about that right now, but we'll talk about that later because I do yeah. that possibly could be an opportunity for someone to do something with that. So. Yeah, I'm just like this old schoolhouse is sitting here and I should I should learn more about the history of it. But it's just sitting here. It's such a cool old schoolhouse and it's like right there, so much traffic and stuff. But yeah, that's something that I've always had my eye on. And then my husband had actually really wanted to investigate um the place that is now Breckman's Cafe. He was yeah. really, really into that. Or or maybe the one right next to it. He likes to buy dumps and then like fix them up. That's like his thing. But yeah. um yeah, very, very cool. Um so that is super cool. And you kind of mentioned about working with the uh, the Boyertown Historical Society. And when did that collaboration start? Because now you're, are you, um, you're on the board, right? Yeah. So I'm in the president right now. And Jean. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, cool. funny story. So when I opened the candy store, I always have loved to collaborate with other people. I just really enjoy it. And um, at the time, the Historical Society was doing the ghost walks in town. And I said to Jean, I would really like to collaborate. Maybe like we have a, well, that's what we're getting to. Well, <laughs> so we have a tractor. So I was like, could you, I want to reach out to these people and see maybe the candy store could sponsor like a hayride, his, like haunted history thing. So they're like, okay, come to the meeting. So I couldn't come. So he went and I don't oh, know nice. what happened, but somehow he got suckered into being one of the speakers, like to walk around and tell the stories. That's awesome. So, but um so that I, happens a lot yeah, yeah i know it happens to me too Jean. i get it i'm like oh i'm like a yes person i'm like sure whatever let's do this yeah but anyway so he and i have to tell you it was fun and he had a little outfit with a little hat and a little bow. oh that's cool yeah so you know he likes dressing up so that's anyway awesome. um yeah we volunteered and did that and they really pushed for us to become board members for a while. And we were like, nah, nah, nah. Cause you know, the time has to be right. If you're going to do it, yeah. you need time to put into it. So, you know, finally they talked us into it and uh, here we are now. <laughs> so that's awesome. What's the experience been like, because my Hunter and I have been interested in getting more involved, but we really just do the Belschnickel craft show. And that's like the extent with our time and stuff with the little ones and school and just, you know, being self-employed as you guys know is, tough it's like a lot of time you know there are no downtime or like uh free time really you know um but you've enjoyed the experience working over there with the folks over there yeah I, I really enjoyed it a lot I've actually I feel like it's like a family so I mean, yeah we really have I, I think when you work with a nonprofit, it's always changing and evolving because you yeah. always have different people because whether yeah. it's people come on or they come off whether they have the time or the interest or you know, it's always changing, but I'd say sure. like, we, we have a really, really good group. And um, when Gene and I first started, it was a lot of older people. And I think, yeah, you know, that the one thing they said a lot was, oh, younger people aren't interested in history. Like that yeah. was, nobody cared. Like, we're like, it was almost like they felt like they were dying. So I think they really needed some younger people to come in, you That's know. That's awesome. Yeah. And, like liven things up or like this is how we do this we need a facebook page or sure know. so we have and really i keep sorry i was just going to say too for the older folks that have been spending so much of their time like devoted to this nonprofit and to this um organization it also kind of gives them like more inspiration to keep going because they see that it's making a difference it's very cool yeah yeah that's awesome i remember i think um when i became a board member I took over the display committee because there wasn't really mm. anyone like our, our first exhibit was a haunted history. So mm. we did different exhibits on like, you know, different ghost stories in town. And we had yes. over 
people come out and it was so much fun. Like we have this old dental set. There was a dentist, mm. um, Dr. Borderman. He was from Boyertown. So we have his entire dental set in our basement. And um, one of the board members, um, he wore a clown mask and he had a drill. I'm like, you could sit down, go down in the pic in the basement and get your picture. Like, and there was people running out of there screaming. It wasn't even I really, bet. like scary, but it was just like fun. But everybody That's had cool. time with it. You know, really, you know, like you need those times for everybody to be excited and feel good, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, are you guys from Boyertown? I forgot. I kind of blew past that. Are you guys both from Boyertown? Yeah, I grew up in Bechtelsville. I think that's considered. Oh, nice. So. Sure, sure. You went to the high school and stuff, right? Yep. And I always went to Catholic school, but I went to MBS in Valley, and then I went to Reading Central Catholic. But Oh, um, nice. Yeah, we lived in Boyertown and then um, Douglasville. So I was always oh, cool. going to Catholic school. I didn't really have like a like town school. So I always kind of considered Boyertown my town, I guess. Sure. But you're from the area, you're regionally based and you guys have history here, you know, which is very, very cool. I mean, I find it's hard um, having left for a generation, like my mom left, um, just reconnecting. I had to like sort of find my way because things had changed so much, you know, but it was nice because my grandparents were still both alive when we moved here. And I was able to sort of ask my grandmother a lot of stuff to help me navigate the area. But um, one thing that Hunter and I have really talked about a lot is being more focused on um, getting more involved in Boyertown because we spent a lot of time before moving here. We were in Philadelphia for a little bit um, when we met and then we're married first. And then we spent a lot of time doing stuff in Kutztown and we're just kind of both, <laughs> forgive me, Kutztown friends, um, just totally, you know, just kind of over it. And he grew up in that area and it's it's a lot, you know, Um it's just, it's, it's a lot of ego and a lot of not making room for other people. And I don't feel that way in Boyertown. I'm sure there is that because I didn't grow up here. I don't have those, those feelings, but I always feel really welcomed and supported. And even doing the Belschnickel craft show, we've always had great experiences. Um, and, and, you know, it's more like our home, you know, well, my home, like my family lived here and then Oli's the ancestral land, which is not really that close to Kutztown, much more close to Boyertown, you know? So, um, you know, that's one thing that we've kind of wanted to focus on. And I know, um, Susie Frame had reached out to me about doing a tour and I was like, Susie, I'm sorry. Like we really just work in our house. Like I'm in my attic and it's like such a hot mess. But then Hunter and I kind of talked about, cause we usually do the folk fest, which was of course canceled and all the other shows. Um, sort of turning our garage into maybe more of like a studio area that we could do things like that. So that's a fun idea, but yeah, you guys are always doing really cool events like the studio tours. And then um, I know New Year's Eve, you always had like a, a noon thing for the kiddos, right? The bear drop, I think. Susie frame actually works at the school where my kids go, you know, and um, she was so lovely. And I thought, well, that would be so nice, except it's like in our house and like our kids are wild and it's just like not set up for that but that would be really really cool in the future like if we get it together and we can have some sort of space allocated for that but um yeah we'd love to get more involved so I actually there's a project I've been wanting to start and um, I have two other teachers that are on my board and I've been trying to get them to help me start this but um, (laughs) we went um for vacation the last two times we went on vacation we went out west and we did the national parks and they have this program the junior ranger program are you familiar with that no, but it sounds good to me. Yeah, it's great. You go out and you get a book at each national park and the kids have to do different activities in the park. Oh, fun. They, yeah, they turn it into a ranger and then they even have to do like a little oath and stuff. It's really cute. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, if they complete the activities for their age base, they get, it's either a pin or a badge. And I thought that would be really neat to do in Boyertown. I, I wanted to call it a junior historian project. <gasps> But I love it. I say I I don't even need people to come into the society, but I just need some sure. people to help me create like yes. projects. Like, all right, here's a crossword puzzle, or you know, go find five bears, or you know, that kind of stuff. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. And you know, we have um just because in my own repertoire of parenting issues, um, I've looked into homeschooling a lot. We have a huge homeschool um community in this area. I think anything like that would really like um engage them as well because I know the Schwenkfelder I do a lot with the Schwenkfelder and they have a great 
a great group of homeschool families that do a lot of their um a lot of their events too. So I think that would be really neat to do more of the educational stuff. Yeah, let me know because I'm not full-time teaching. I teach once once a week. So I'm like good and I'm like so bored and I like love teaching. So anything like that would be really fun to get involved in. Okay. Yeah. I'll, we'll talk about that more later. Maybe we can. Yeah, up. for sure. Okay. That would good. be super fun. I would love that. Yeah. And just, you know, like you were saying about loving to be a small business owner, but also being a, a more part of the whole community, you know, like we're kind of off the beaten path of downtown Boyertown, but just being more visible and more, you know, um, recognize that we're in town and we're very proud to be Boyertonians. Is that what we're called? I don't know. I think so. Right. Yeah, it's funny because we live in Bar. I, I say we're Bartonians. Bartonians, yes. <laughs> that still still would be hard to say. Yeah. Bartonians. Bartonians, yes. Um, but yeah, I would love that so much. And I did have a really successful show at the Firefly last year, which was really cool. And it just kept going and going. Like <laughs> it was supposed to be one month, but then we just kept it up, and it was really nice. I was really proud of all the places that I've shown and like experiences that I've had. But I was really proud to be in Boyertown showing because, you know, this is my grandparents were so proud to be from Boyertown and living here really big time, like very, very into our town. So it was really an exciting experience. Um, So shifting gears a little bit, I know we got to talk about um, the peppermint stick. I have this whole list here and we got to talk about the Boyertown Historical Society. Um, I wanted to really pick Gene's brain about his Pennsylvania Craftsman Construction Company. And I am just learning more about this. Um, Rachel mentioned to me that you had worked. She had shared on a story, her going through that bridge on Covered Bridge Road, which is like my bridge. And I forget what the bridge is called. It's I'm going to mess it up. But you had restored that bridge, correct? Yep. It's the uh, Pleasantville Covered Bridge. Pleasantville Covered Bridge. Thank you. Because I got mixed up and I called it the grist mill. And I said, I'd like to put hex signs on this bridge. And they were like, what? So, uh, and that makes sense why they're like, what? We already have hex signs on that bridge. Pleasantville. Yes. And do you know, Gene, do you guys know that that used to be called Yoderville? I had heard that. Did you know that? Yeah, I had heard it. Yeah. Isn't that cool? My husband's friend, Scott, well, our mutual friend actually told us that because he's a Yoder too. And, uh, I'm going to write this down, Pleasantville. <laughs> um, that's so interesting. And there's like a little grave site right where you're turning off of Philadelphia Avenue on the cover bridge, um, like on someone's property. That's a Yoder uh, cemetery, like on their property. But anyway, yeah. Can you please tell me all about the things that you do? Because I went over to the website too, and it says um, blending 18th century craftsmanship with 21st century techniques preserving the lost art of traditional technique. And of course that speaks to me because I love to talk about traditional art, but then using contemporary materials and context. So you're right up my alley with this. <laughs> well, we do like, you know, the old style of timber framing. Obviously I have all the old tools because I collect them and I love them and they work great. And you can't beat the old you know, original 1800s tools because the steel is real steel, not recycled. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes down to it, you know, time is money and you're paying guys. You can't have them out there hand chiseling beams. So we use, uh, you know, we <laughs> use like electric mortise machines and saws. Traditional, you know, beam work where we use timbers, but ours is rough saw, not the hand hewn, because obviously it takes a lot of time to do hand hewning. Which I have to say, he said, if someone wanted to pay him to hand hewn the beams, he would do it that way, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. But uh, it takes a long time to do. Oh, my gosh. I bet. Um, yeah, we, we just pretty much use electric tools now. But I have all the old old school stuff that if the power ever goes out, I can still build you a barn. So That's so cool. And you have the um, the connectedness to the method, too, and the technique. So you have that within your repertoire, too, you know, your toolbox. I, That's very, very cool. I was 18, and I'm now 45. So I've been doing it a long time. You've been doing it a long time. What what are you working on right now? It looks like I'm on the Facebook page and I'll make sure to link everything for you guys too. Um, so our listeners can check it out. Um it looks like you're working on a mill project right now. Yes? Yeah. Actually we're working on uh an eighteen hundred well, seventeen eighty wow. stone that Which we can read it. It's actually the second oldest mill in Berks County. Oh, that's so cool. Where is it? It's uh on Forgedale. 
Oh yeah, man. That's my stopping grounds. I used to drive to Kutztown every day. Yeah. That's very cool. I love Forgedale Road. A uh, Forgedale Road, like on the way to Kutztown or Forgedale Road over near um Bechtelsville? Uh near <laughs> like, Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's over there. That um, there's a barn there with two horses on it that I always try and find, and I can never refind it. Uh, okay. It's very cool. You guys should check out these images. It's really neat. These old mills. My husband has like a very um special place in his heart for the old mills. They're very very cool. Yeah, I love this mill personally. Um, I don't know. I've driven by it. I went. You know, our school bus used to go by it. I've been. I oh, nice. Well, I've been by it for you know my whole life basically yeah oh uh, that's awesome now i'm actually finally getting to get in there and fix it so well, and i think what, the other thing that's important too is the homeowner had other people look at this project and everyone else said you can't fix this yeah they just said tear it down they're like nothing you can do to tear it down and i just pretty much walked in i looked around and i said yeah it's in really really poor shape but i've seen worse so that's awesome we're, that's we're, awesome we're re restoring the whole top end and we have to use all new beams because unfortunately it's spent the past probably 20 years without a good roof and rotted out mm. it, which is a yeah because most of it is actually the american chestnut wow so it's like an extinct species so it's kind of a real big shame because it was like an extinct barn basically wow that's incredible are the owners new owners or have they been kind of had this on their list for a while to, to get it taken care of? Um, he's relatively new. I think he bought it like two, three years ago. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. He has plans on actually making it into like, a, I don't even know what you want to call it. He's called it a nature preserve, but it's be like a learning. Oh, that's so cool. Food and then go in the barn and eat it. But you're going to have, really like expensive chefs flown in from all around the world to do it and teach you how to do it on open fire so wow. like you know on open fire and learning about the foods and it's like a whole experience he plans on doing and the mills just to come that is so you know, cool the where they're gonna house it yeah that's so cool that's so funny because i interviewed my friend sarah and she's out on in the actual confines of Reading city and she has a place that she's trying to sort of do the same kind of thing on um but it's like a very small little place. Sorry, my dog's making kinds of noise, but that's so neat. Oh, that's neat. And you have a connection to this, to this, to this structure as well from your childhood and um, this um, nostalgia for it probably. So that going into the project, you have a totally different um, lenses that you're looking at it with. So I love that. That's very cool. Um, and I know Rachel and I had talked about, because I had asked her, you know, working with all these old structures, I certainly must see some spooky stuff. <laughs> so yeah. that's not off limits with you guys, because I know you that you um, participate in the ghost tours and stuff. But I mean, what is sort of the the strangest thing you've ever experienced? Um, Inside, I don't know. You know, I think this chasing was actually in my own house when I saw a full apparition when we first bought the house. I had to like fix a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I was working alone and there was like a lady that kind of like showed up and she wow. was in like a white full gown. You could, I could see her completely. And I saw her twice, which was kind of creeped me out because by myself. But uh, yeah, that was probably the creepiest one. I mean, wow. I've had the mill you get a smell of cigar and I saw a guy standing in like overalls, but it was like kind of like a misty form. And I thought, all right, maybe I'm just seeing things, but one of my guys also came up the steps and saw it. So he, he it was like another day. You, you get this smell of like cigar smoke, really, really strong. And it's not because it's enclosed because we actually have all the siding off the building and all new walls put in. Right. It's like standing outside, basically, the air just kind of blows through. And wow. You get a real strong smell of cigar smoke. And then, you know, you can kind of feel something. Like sure, of course. Time, so. Yeah. That's, right. that's really fascinating. I just had my first, like, smell experience like that this Christmas. And it was really bizarre because it was definitely like a cigar smell. It was like, or, or pipe. You know, it was probably a pipe. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't. Like, it was so weird. It was just in my house, and it was, like, out of nowhere, and I, nobody else smelled it. 
Um, that's really fascinating. Um, did you say you had done it for 15 years? I'm sorry. Just remind remind uh, me again. Well, I've been doing it for like 22 years. Well, 22 years. But I've only had my company going for like three years on my own. Oh, cool. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. How long the company's been formed? Because it's such a cool idea. And um, just the way you market it and the way you worded it. I like that a lot. So people seek you out. And then also, do you ever get um, like heritage associations and stuff that want you to help them with uh, some of their old buildings? I, I've had a few that actually want me to help them, but they're, they kind of want me to do a voluntary stuff. I was and wondering. I'm thinking of the Kime House particularly. I would love to, <laughs> but my problem is like with everything going on, I just really don't have the extra time to do it. Right. Sure. Of course. Of course. But I would gladly help them. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's too bad. I know um, when I was working uh, for all my grads at grad school, um, I had attended a Burke's History Trust uh, meeting and there was a man that there was really desperately trying to get the Kime House restored and he just couldn't get grant money. He kept saying to me, it's just like, he's like, because it's not in an urban area, it's not going to benefit urban um, youth or something like this. It's like his big cross to bear with the grant thing. And I felt really sad for him because my husband's um, family, it's like one of his family um, homes is the Kime House. And it's a really incredible place, you know, but it's certainly gone through a lot. But um, yeah, some of these old barns are so incredible. And I happen to be uh, one of the Fisher descendants. And we have the, I don't know if you've ever been on the property where there's like the barn that's the produce stand. But then behind that, there's this really, really old barn, pre-bank barn barn. And I got to see it like when my 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 um, family member took me through to see it, but she didn't want me to go inside. It's <laughs> like everything's falling down and stuff. But um, I hate to see us losing these structures, but it's nice that this owner wanted to put time and effort and money into it and make sure it was restored. So that's very cool. And can you tell me how you ended up doing the bridge? How did that come about? Um. Well, that was a company I, I was actually working for another guy at the time, another company. Oh, okay. They approached him because they couldn't find anyone that could actually do the job, like yeah. the, uh, repairs and make all the new beams that they had been rotten or broken. Um, wow. They had an actual state inspector on the job that gave us one eighth of an inch from the original. That's all wow. we could do off. So wow, that's crazy. Big arches, we cut all those. Like when you go, wow. through, they have the real. Yeah that like keep the support of the bridge we yeah. had to remove all those and they brought those in on tractor trailers they actually had to remove all the signage down the roads to make the turns and bring it down because they were that big to make the arch out of one piece wow that's incredible it's beautiful yeah and it was like i think the guy the, the inspector guy had told us it was about ten thousand dollars a piece for the wood so don't make any mistakes that's what he <laughs> <laughs> no pressure but <laughs> yeah. I have a kind of fun question for both of you actually um so Jean what would you say is your favorite material to work with like what wood or or metal would you say was your favorite material oh I love oak yes chestnut that's very cool favorite but I also have grown an allergy to oak over the years so I get like oh man sneeze and carry on but that's all we pretty much use oh that sucks <laughs> yeah, it does. it's trouble yeah my daughter's actually allergic to oak and it's like all of our trim in our house is open yeah. this is not good news um i'm sure you're familiar with the sacred oak then you guys are from the area and stuff yeah how do you how do you feel about i don't know if you caught on to this but the man we we had gone there a bunch of times before the new owner he actually moved the whole house did you happen to see that like the whole yeah. house was moved crazy crazy yeah it's crazy I don't even know that old house the whole thing was moved Mm -hmm. I I forget why it must have been something to do with I'm sure it had something to do with water damage or something but it was wild it was really wild to watch and cool because it's like it was worth you know keeping it and restoring it um and then so I want to turn to you Rachel and what is your favorite candy (laughs) (laughs) well I I would just say chocolate anything chocolate yes but that's why we have a good marriage because he likes the gummy candy. I like the chocolate. So we don't yes, fight. We never fight. <laughs> that's awesome. What is your favorite chocolate candy? 
uh, we we carry um truffles. They come from Vermont. That's usually my go-to. Yum. And you know what? See, the thing is, Rachel, you know, people say to me, oh, you probably get tired of eating candy, don't you? And it's like, well, no. I mean, like one day I might get tired of eating chocolate peanut butter, but then I switch to, you know, Thin Men or, you know. So there's options there. Yeah, that's awesome. I love truffles too. My favorite though is um, anything salted caramel. I just love that combination so much. Salted caramel chocolate. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. So good. Oh, very, very good. Um, <laughs> so I know you guys have some children. Are they interested in the family businesses? Do you find that they like to kind of <laughs> shadow you guys? I know, right? I keep trying to force mine, but. <laughs> yeah. No. There's no forcing it. Well, I have to no, say. not at all store like when we first opened up it really was a family affair like everybody stepped up like all the fixtures in the store Jean built for me and like Mary Ellen oh, that's awesome beginning yeah honestly if I didn't have Jean to build me all those displays I would have never because they're gorgeous yeah and actually I remember I, thinking that when I came in I remember thinking wow this place has got such a great like feel and vibe to it yeah well she wanted an old candy store I gave her an old candy yeah store. it's beautiful really well done and most most of the wood actually was siding that he took off of the barn, so that's why it looks so aged. Wow. Yeah, so that's why I love it too. Yeah, I try and recycle. Awesome. You know, you so, can't yeah. eat hundred and hundred fifty year old wood. I mean, it's still kicking. You might as well use it. Oh Lord, yes, for sure. I love that's my favorite thing to paint on is the old wood, yeah. and I'll take it any way I can get it. It's really, 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 really a beautiful thing. Um, I love painting on old wood so much. Especially when you can kind of carve into it because it's like got this softness to it. I just love it so much. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Um, so can we talk a little bit about your farm? So I didn't even realize this. You have one foot farm. And tell me about that. How long has that been um, a place that you've been living? And also, I think you sell things. Is that correct? Like you have like a farm stand? Well, um, when we, well, we've been living here for 10 years now. And so when we okay. first moved in. Um, when we first bought it, it was a foreclosed. We had no front door. Our hallway had about four feet of leaves in it, and that's pretty much what we bought. Wow. <laughs> it was bad. Sounds I, like a dream for me, actually. <laughs> well, I, the people who had it before us, there was like some kind of pancake factory or something in the barn, and I guess they stopped paying the electric, so the electric company just cut the, the line, so there was no electric to it. Well, there was bags of sugar and flour. Oh. It was actually a cooler. Like, you know those ice cream coolers, like, in, like, the convenience stores, and you would slide yeah. the lid up? There was one of those in there filled with bacon and ham that was sitting there for two years. No. But needless <gasps> to say, we had to get rid of all that stuff, and you can imagine the type of animals. Wow. Tracks. Oh, so, my gosh. We definitely earned this place. <laughs> yes. Good for you guys. That's amazing. And horrifying. Yeah, our- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's why I laugh because people would be like, "Oh, we were gonna buy that place," and I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. not the guts." Phenomenal to buy. Yeah, so, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, with him, you know, repairing barns, you know, like doing timber framing, like we always wanted a farm. And I grew up on um, in Douglasville. My parents had like a gentleman's farm, so I had that lifestyle as well. So it's something we always wanted. Nice, uh, but um, when. Now, before I had the candy store, we used to do a lot more with the vegetable stand. And then once I opened the candy store, it just became a little bit too much. To, sure. To, but I'm actually getting to the point now where I'm able to have a little bit more free time. So, like, we're hoping to start doing a little bit more. Again. Like, our daughter Definitely is... Definitely the strawberries. Yeah. I used to oh, have nice. the 80s <laughs> showing up in the driveway at 6.30 in the morning. While I'm out picking the strawberries, yelling at me that they're we're out of strawberries and I need to pick faster because she needs them. I can imagine. In the morning, the sun's just cracking up and just starting to warm up. And I'm trying to get these stupid things picked before I have to go to work. And these old ladies are, I have like four or five of them in my driveway yelling at me. No, I can imagine. Hey, listen, the first year I did the Boyertown um, yard sale, like sidewalk sale, uh-huh. it was like advertised a certain time. They were ready for me and they were like, you're taking too long. What you doing? Like, I understand cracking the whip. That's like my grandma. That's, yeah, that's, I do know. <laughs> it's funny because our like garage where like Jean's up there a lot to like fix the trucks and stuff. Well, 
people are always yelling at him all the time. So like we have, I'm sure you've seen, like we have some goats and stuff. Yes. I was just going to ask you about the animals. Yeah. Well, the one goat. I'm not yelling at him. It would just be turning on <laughs> Yeah. Well, our, the one goat gets out all the time and I bottle fed him. So he's really friendly. He's like a dog. Aww. Both of our goats were bottle fed. But he follows people. You know, so he's always like, he'll go and stand in the road. Or but I have to tell her the story about when he came back in the Cadillac. But it was, <laughs> so I'm I'm in like outside, and all of a sudden this Cadillac Escalade, like a brand new, like super expensive car, comes rolling in, and there's my goat in the front seat with this lady, and she's like, "Is this your goat?" I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, it's my goat." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Do they have tags on the goat? Like, how do people know where to find you? Everyone in the neighborhood knows it's our. They goat. know that it's your goat. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I looked at where your where your farm is, and I was like, oh, I see where they are now because I was I kept seeing the pictures, and I always drive by this farm. Um, I guess it's Ironstone Creek. I don't know what the road is called, Ironstone Drive or whatever. And I always think, I wonder if that's their farm because I just see ducks, and then I was like, of course it's their farm. There's ducks. I am not a farm. I'm, I did not grow up around farms. I am so like, it's so foreign to me, but um, it was neat to see where it was. And then I saw the people who like it and I was like, oh, wow, they have this stand and this is so cool. And why am I just noticing this? But I love the goats. And what else do you guys have over there? I'm trying to, let me say, yeah. we have, what, what um, else we have, do you guys have? We have the swans, of course, and then um, yes. and ducks, which this is why I need to reopen the stand for eggs our daughter has always been in 4-h since she was eight years old oh awesome yeah she graduated last year but she did a project where the kids hatch eggs out and then they have to raise the baby chickens up wow. to the point where they're laying eggs they call it egg to egg like you start with an egg and you end up with a chicken yes. but now normally at the fair the kids they pick their six best egg laying hens well via pullet because they're under a year but um, then they auction them off. Like you can go and you can buy them and people, you know, buy them to take home, you know, for eggs. But the fair was canceled this year. Yeah. So, you know, there was probably like 12 chickens. And plus we already have our other. Seven. How many? Seven? Twenty-seven. Oh, okay. She's saying 27. I don't. Wow. What do you want? Oh, but we didn't keep all 27. Like 13. Okay. Third. All right. Somewhere in the teens. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, anyway, so she wanted to keep them. So we have our regular chickens that we already had, plus these other ones. So I have eggs. There's a lot of eggs going on there. You've got now. eggs for miles. Yeah, that's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know my mom's moving to this area from Bucks County now. She actually just did her settlement today. And um, she's like, you need to find me some real eggs, like farm-raised eggs. And I was like, well, I think she was talking about Ole Valley Organic. And I was like, I think we can do better, Mom. we got to find you somebody local, you know? She's right excited too. Yeah, yes. yeah, she'll be coming. Yeah, bring them into the candy store if you want to grab them. No problem. Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely let her know. Um, that's very, very cool. And tell me about raising bees because my husband actually, very long time ago, was a beekeeper as well, and really has great memories of it, but also some horror stories. <laughs> he was. He's kind of a wild guy, so I mean, it makes sense. But um, how did you get in, into that? I don't know. I just, there's so many things I want to do in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, why not beekeeping, right? Right. So, <laughs> so I, I took the class. Also, uh, Mary Ellen did, there's a beekeeping 4-H. She participated in that as well. Oh, nice. Um, but I actually, I did take the class through um, the Montgomery County Beekeeping Association and then I also, I guess you could call it like interned under um, Eugene Taylor, which I kind of thought was funny because he's Eugene Taylor. <laughs> Taylor taught me beekeeping. So, That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. He's very Pennsylvania Dutch. I don't know if you know him, but he's been. I don't. He actually, I know he's starting to get out of it because he's got to be pretty close to he's 90s. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I know. Wow. He's, East in his 80s so and he is a feisty guy I have to tell you <laughs> aren't they all right <laughs> all those nitrous but um I <laughs> he really taught me a lot so I mean honestly at this point I still I usually keep at least one hive but when people say the bees are struggling it's not a joke like I know I, yeah I can't get a hive to live longer than two years so oh my like, goodness. if they make it through one winter, I'm okay. But to I have never been able to get them through a second winter. And I know um 
I have we don't spray on our farm. We don't use chemicals or spray. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to ask you what. So just for putting into perspective for people like myself that are not familiar, what would a typical like like previously session, not session, but like how long would they normally have been able to stay together? Forever. I mean, like they. Oh, okay. Like they're always regenerating. It's usually you would lose it if it got sick, but I have never been a beekeeper during the good time. So I'm not. I'm Right. Sure. Can't really tell you what that would really look like, but I know um, the second year I was working with Gene, he had a hundred hives and only 10 made it through the winter. Wow. 10%. And I know That's the last time I, yeah, the last time I talked to him because he actually puts his hives in like the orchards, you know, the different apple orchards and stuff in the area, they pay him to put the hives in. And he told me he said, "You know what? At this point, because I just figure financially I'm going to be buying all new hives every single year. And if wow. anything the winter, it's a bonus." And he's like, "The only reason I can afford to do this is because the people do pay me to put these in the orchards." So we went um, a couple, well, this was probably a while ago now we went and we went to one of the mother earth news fair play. They had like a fair. Yeah. Along maybe like 10 years ago, (laughs) there was a bee scientist there. He was selling product for you to buy, but you know, I was talking to him and I said how, you know, I've always struggled. And he said, well, do you live in an urban area or more rural? And I said, well, we're definitely rural. And he said, mm-hmm. what do you have around you? And I said, mostly like corn and soybean. And he said, well, that's probably part of your problem because mm-hmm. he said those genetically modified plants, they produce a pesticide that repels the insect. And he said, what happens is the bees collect the pollen from those plants. They bring it back to the hive. And then over the winter, that's what they eat to make it through the winter. And he said, that's, right. that's why you're losing your bees over the winter. Cause that is usually what happens, but right. There's so wow. Many- we lost them before winter. Yeah. This didn't even get did. cold and we lost them. Yeah. Wow. Why, but they were not doing good before. I- yeah. I was going to ask you what's the reason for it. And then I'm really glad you explained that to us because, you know, my husband and I are constantly fighting about GMOs like all the time because <laughs> I try as hard as I can for things that we can like, or maybe need to be more like organic. I'll try as hard as I can, but it's very hard to explain um, why GMOs are not good, you know, and it's really difficult, you know? So I appreciate that because people don't understand. And then the other thing for farmers as well is you have to buy new seed every year. That's what I've also heard, you know, so they make it uh, a specific way where you can't um, use the same seed because it just doesn't regenerate. Well, I mean, if you were heirloom plants, then you wouldn't have that problem. But one comment on the GMO thing. So another thing, I learned a lot from my kids being in 4-H. So one year I did potato judging, which you're going to laugh. It's, they do it up at farm show, but they create teams and they have to learn everything they can learn about potatoes. Oh, that's awesome. They go up to the farm show and the they give them like a group of potatoes and the kids have to judge them on how good they are and know about them. But they actually had, so, and you're allowed to laugh at this. They had a guy. I love potatoes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very serious about this. Okay, good. So you're going <laughs> to this. But we had a guy from the Pennsylvania Potato Council come. Yes. And <laughs> I have That's to tell great. you, his daughter has a shirt. It says potato judging team with a big potato on it. That's so like, great. Yeah, I thought, I thought I liked it. But, but That's anyway, so he, cool. He did talk a little bit about GMOs and he kind of mm. helped put it into perspective for me. But the one thing he said was, you know, people do think all GMOs are bad. And he said, actually, like potatoes that like when you fry a potato, he was explaining mm-hmm. to that it can produce a carcinogenic that can cause cancer yes they did actually come up with a it is a gmo potato but they came up with a gmo potato that doesn't do that when you fry it and i guess they were trying to sell this to mcdonald's for them to use this gm not this gmo potato but it actually is better for you sure sure would not buy into it because i guess one of their things is mcdonald's will not use gmos which who would really 
That's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Super Size Me? I'm like, I'm so shocked. If- well, we don't eat McDonald's. Like, we, I, I can't remember the last It doesn't, time. like, decay. Like, it just stays a french fry for, like, 60 days. Like, it doesn't do anything. It just stays there. Like, it's wild. It, I, I don't ever eat McDonald's ever. So well, yeah, it's hard. I I had it was nice because like we're vegan now and like uh, just transitioning to that. Like all the fast food went out the window, and that was like a really nice silver lining for me because I'm like, well, now I don't have an excuse. Like I just don't do it. But yeah, it's hard. And I agree with you on the GMOs. And like we really, um, I guess the heirloom um, nuance is very important because that's certainly more of what we're interested in. Because like you mentioned, you don't spray on your farm and we have grown our stuff. We, we do like food, not lawns, like our whole yard is all food. Um, yeah. which is like, you know, cause we could care less about it looking all English gardening, but, um, you know, we don't spray and we've had a lot of trouble with bugs and, you know, our kale, um, Oh, like, I don't know these black spider things. It's just awful. Yeah. So we have to find like a new, we have to find like an in-between because it's like, it's sad to see so much. I mean, it's a lot of food that we're like not able to use. So it's hard. I'm, I think there's definitely a balance. Um, and I definitely think it's not all bad. And that's very true. It just makes me sad because for me personally, like we grew up in the same time, like I grew up in the eighties and nineties, the taste is so different to me. If I get a, you know, a tomato from our garden, that's heirloom and grown from home tastes so differently than when I have to get one from the grocery store, even the organic ones, they taste so different. And watermelons are really big one that you can taste the difference too. What'd you say? Tomatoes from the store taste like plastic. You can actually. They're weird. Yeah. And they're like, they have this tough skin and I'll tell you what really got to me. Cause I'm like, I am. A, this is a strange bird thing. I love kale. Like I love curly kale. Like I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. And we had a ton of it in our garden and now I've been buying it from the store. And it's like, I don't even know who you are, curly kale. Like you don't taste like curly kale at all. And it's just so interesting. Like I have to cook it to get the flavor to come out. It's just like, it's so wild how things have changed so much, but yeah, that's really interesting. So I wonder if honeybees do better in urban areas because there's not other crops. I'm curious of that based on what he had said. Yeah. He did say that it is like the bees are doing better more in urban settings now. Wow. It's funny because he was kept driving by this place in Green Lane and he's like, you should see their hives. Like they're stacked up, they're huge. And he's like, I don't think there is, these people's bees are dying because he's not like shrinking them back down. Like he's starting from scratch. But I mean, how many acres over there is preserved that right. there's no farm, you know? So well, it was in the yeah, very true. Like, sure, exactly. Dead. Like, and it, it was just like, I kept telling her, I mean, the thing was like six, seven foot tall, these hives, wow. which is like unheard of. We're lucky if we get four, like a three, three stack, like maybe a three or four foot high hive. This guy had like five, six foot tall hives and bees were just flying all over. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing wrong, but he's doing something right. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Well, the other thing he said to me too, is the other big part of the problem is, is for a beekeeper, you pretty much have to feed your bees all the time. And he said, right back 50 years ago, um, there was a lot more farm animals. There was more horses. People were growing more clover, like more yeah. crops. And there was more foods, food for the bees out in nature. Yes. Yeah. Now you're feeding them sugar worries. Like how healthy would you be if you were just eating a diet full of candy? So and yeah, I was like, true. you know, that completely makes yeah, sense. I know. Yeah, but your candy is like good, high quality stuff. That's hilarious. Well, you know, everything. You have to eat everything in moderation, a hundred percent. Yeah, and Nelson's is like Nick's best, though. Really, I mean, we miss it a lot. Now we now we eat tofuti from uh, uh, Long Acres. I'm so ashamed. I gave up the Nick's best. I've been like, I just got this a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Acne berry balls. I think that's just as good as ice cream too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's incredible stuff out now. Like it's just, you know, I was a vegetarian when I was like 14 and it was like cardboard. Like there was no options. It was like, no. And it's just so different now. It's just changed so much. I mean, it's wild, but yeah. Um, back- I love vegetables. I love all food. Yeah, me too. I love but that I- your kids went through 4-H. Did, did, did they go to Boyertown? I need to sign my kids up immediately. I love 4-H. Yes. Um, you just go whatever county you're in. Um, so, um, my daughter, well, they both went to Boyertown. Um, my son cool. is 15, so he's going East. 
So he's not, he's not out of school yet, but um, yeah. he's eight years old to start. And then you pick like what club, but they have. <laughs> I'm so, uh, sign me up. I'm getting ready. <laughs> I have to live vicariously through them. I wanted to do things like this, but I was off in the town in Lower Bucks County. Couldn't do anything. <laughs> well, there's a lot of different clubs. So like my daughter did, um, she started with poultry. She did rabbit beekeeping and then she moved to livestock what else she's sitting over here what else did you do oh, nice. they opened archery in like a shooting club yeah and they had, whoa yeah, they uh, had we're a, working. well that was because that's I was awesome working. yeah it's on a certificate <laughs> <laughs> you go girl <laughs> with your 27 chickens <laughs> they had you know scrapbooking you know oh that's so cool yeah they even wow had, where you take briar horses and you like put little saddles on them and stuff like model model club. But I mean, if oh, you wow. animals, my suggestion would be like rabbits or cause you can do rabbit or a Guinea pig rabbits and Guinea pigs or chickens is like a, that's a smaller animal. You know, yeah. Horse or, you know, Oh my gosh. My daughter's going to be so thankful. You guys told me this cause she is so, so into animals and, it's just been so rough this time here and we're just going completely crazy. So she would like, really love that. I think the poultry club is really great because they really dive in and teach the kids about genetics, um, like um, hatching. So like reproduction. Oh, wow. Really. I learned so much from being just having my kids be part of this because yeah, go far into the animal science of things so that's super cool now I teach over at um Brookside Montessori which you know Jean is over in Becklesville you guys are probably familiar with that on 100 and we always had um in our curriculum we always had eggs come in and they'd hatch in our classroom it was a really big deal so both of my younger kids went through that program and already have this like interest in that and I I sure miss them being in that program it's really fun to be learning about all those kinds of things hands-on too they always had um hands-on experiences so oh that's very cool do you guys ever have tours like I I teach summer camp I'm like can I bring my kids over and tour the farm for you Rachel of course oh Rachel thank you so much I I appreciate that I guess we're used to it so it doesn't seem like a big deal to us but yeah I'm just like I have to write the curriculum for these summer camps I have three weeks I'm just like thinking, oh man, I don't know. It's such a weird time. You don't know what you're going to be able to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We have pigs too. Like we. we oh yeah. Duh. That's like your, like your sign too. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, very cool. I, I need to come and just have some time with your pigs. <laughs> I love pigs. Yeah. The pigs are really cute when they, when they're little, when they get bigger. Yeah. They're, they're not so much fun. Right. Yeah. I know. I hear you. <laughs> they're smart though right super smart and they're super strong so right we, we skate pigs one time that 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 really stank we went to the 4-h fair and mary ellen had her little pigs down there and we had some back home that for us and i don't know if they could climb i never <laughs> what they were doing but i i came pulling in our driveway at like 9 30 10 o'clock at night all by myself to my neighbors all outside and one standing in my driveway he goes do you have pigs i'm like look straight ahead and i saw my pen was empty i said yes i do he goes (laughs) my yard they're about four houses down i'm like wow okay all by myself i had to get out and try and figure out how to get two 300 pound pigs back to my house that's hilarious hungry and they followed me back nicely (laughs) With all the neighbors taking pictures and laughing as we walked up the street with two pigs following me. See, are you oh my goodness? Theme here, Rachel, about how you yeah. always have with the naughty animals. Like, yeah, there's a pattern. It's funny. Horn, honking the horn because he found our goat on the street and put it in the back. <laughs> of the car. Well, that one was funny because the goat did poop in his car. Yeah, and he asked me about oh, what no, not the Escalade. <laughs> and I just said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny you're reminding me of um this project i worked on it was an old radio show pennsylvania dutch um in in all pennsylvania dutch called asabe and sabina 
And there was an episode, I illustrated a book for the Heritage Center who did this publication for them. And it was a, and it was a story. It was an episode where he's trying to wrangle the pigs back into the truck. And it's just like, I saw the picture in my head of you doing this. It's so funny. Yeah. It's not like you can really lead them back on a leash, you know, not like that. We we tried that one year. That doesn't work. (laughs) That was, yeah, that was Thanksgiving. I was not part of that. I said this. (laughs) Well, they got out. And they were really smaller. And we thought, you know, we'll just throw a lasso around them and lead them back. <laughs> On Thanksgiving Day, pigs are really, really loud. Apparently, mm. you don't, they don't like that. No. <laughs> they let you know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I guess we were watching, I'm sure you guys have seen this show. Uh, it was some kind of like show about like a veterinarian that works with larger animals. And she was trying to give a pig some kind of, doing something for a pig and it was this huge like uh, oh my gosh it was huge I don't even know and it was just so fascinating to watch her because it could have like really hurt her like it was I don't know what kind of pig but it was scary and that's my story (laughs) (laughs) that's very very cool so I'm looking forward to um sharing all of your wonderful links and all the things you're working on and to a time where you're going to be opening up your farm stand again and I'll come and check everything out that would be super super cool I'm just looking at my list here and I think I covered everything is there anything else you guys would like to say or add no I don't think so so we we enjoyed uh talking with you yeah yeah it was so much fun thank you guys for your patience my schedule's so crazy right now we have the same thing if you wanted to I'm sure I would have had to tell you we I wouldn't have been able to then either so. I know it's it's been a wild ride. So, what can we look forward to? What um kinds of events is the historical society cooking up? So, I'm trying to think right now. We have so many things in the works. So, we just started yeah. talking about doing a barn tour. Um, kind of oh, like I love that. Yeah, last year we did um a, we went on um Pottstown does that garden tour. It's like in Pottstown. Mm-hmm. I think it's through Mosaic, and we we had me and Jean and a couple of the ladies from the historical society all went together and we had such a great time. We were like, Oh, this will be fun to do something similar. And then Jean's like, why don't we do a barn tour? And I was like, that would be great. Also you would be outside. So, you know, you can easily social distance, you know? So I thought this would be great for this year. Cause like, that's been the big struggle. Like we couldn't have the best, like that really, really hurt us, you know? So yeah, I know I do. Yeah, so I'm I know sure. we do really well at Belschnickel, so I'm sure you guys do really well at Belschnickel yeah. too. You know, the historical yeah. society—it's a great event yeah. and high class. Like we always get really—I mean, going from like the folk fest and you never know what you're going to get. It's such a mixed bag of people that come there and and kind of like are there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we love doing the Belschnickel and the Red and Guild show because it's always really high class and you know the people are really interested and um uh, yeah and it it works with the jurying and also just people it's such a great um they have such a great reputation too so yeah thank you we're looking forward we're hoping to be able to do it again this year so we're moving forward we're gonna have it so Um, cool but but anyway so we were really lucky this year um we did we had a gentleman who's into metal detecting come and help us organize a metal detecting fundraiser so that was really successful like people came from even from texas to participate wow town so it was That's on a, awesome. Yeah, it was on a historic farm. So they would pay to like be able to go out and metal detect. So we're organizing um, a spring and then a fall metal detecting fundraiser again. And I did also meet with John Warren. I don't, I'm sure you know him. He makes the brooms. Oh, yeah. Yep. John. Yeah, he's a friend. His wife actually worked at Chestnut Knoll and helped take care of my grandmother. Yeah, they're great people. Yeah, great people. But yeah, he just reached out to us. He wants to help us organize like a living history fair. Um, yes. We just started talking about it. We're That's awesome. To go, um, have you been to the Bears Mill before? I don't think so. No, but I, I think I saw, did you post about it, I think? Yeah, we actually did um, like a tour, like if you remember. Right, I saw that. Yep. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, you got to go and check it out. That place. Yeah. It, it even got me excited. So yeah. yeah, my husband loves it and he's he he cycles in the area. So he's always yeah. seeing the mills and like he loves he loves that mill so much. I don't know if he kind of like peeked in one time, but I'm sure he would love it. I think I showed him your pictures on Facebook too. I was like, check this out. Yeah, we'll have to get over there. That'd be super cool. 
The guy's always there on Sunday. It's a private. Club. Okay. They even have the equipment still in there and he like hooked it up to belts so he can like turn it on. Like, so you can really see how the equipment worked. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, we're going to go over there and talk to him. We were thinking maybe there, the border town park, you know, somewhere local. So we're just starting to talk about it, but I'm hoping we can pull that together for the summer. Like, oh, that would be very cool. Yeah. Another outdoor event. So yes. Yes. Very, very cool. Well, listen, it has been such a pleasure sitting down with you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for sharing all of the wonderful things you're doing. And thank you for your work that you're doing with the Historical Society and all the renovations you're working on, Jean. And, and Rachel, um, your efforts with the peppermint stick, bringing back some joy to all of our lives that we certainly need. So thank you all so much for spending time with us. No problem. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks a lot. You guys take care and mock scoot. Hi, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.